fourth broad today is Jason Feltis, the writer of GreenTintedGlasses.net, the top Charlotte 49ers blog on the internet. Today we'll be talking about this year's A-10 conference as well as the Charlotte 49ers and their move to Conference USA. Jason, how's it going? It's going well. Just trying to stay out of the heat down here. It's pretty bad if you haven't heard. Yeah, I know. We, we got uh, some pretty bad weather, you know, up here and around the Philly area and all, but... Uh, you know, I'm sure we would take the heat over the over the rain and all anyway. But uh, good to see you're doing well. Uh, just wanted to yeah, talk. One thing I'm not looking forward to about football is sitting outside on August 31st in the, the blazing sun. I don't know if I can ever be something I've done or to avoid that, but I'm hoping <laughs> to get over it by then. Right, right. Well, that's good. Good to uh, hear that you're doing well and all. So we want to, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the A10 now. This conference move. Uh, you know, and also I'll hint a bit at your football team up and coming. But I uh, just wanted to talk in general to start, since you're you're also in this boat of us leaving, uh, we you know, our replacements are in already. So I was going to ask you, now the dust has settled for now, as far as major conference realignment, what are your thoughts uh, on the moves that the A-10s made? I think they found the best possible thing they could do. Um, they're basically becoming the premier non-BCS basketball conference. Whether you can ride that wagon in the future, because football seems to be driving the boat with all the media rights, um, that remains to be seen. But they're doing the best thing they possibly could uh, to stay alive in this, you know, this conference realignment shift. Adding BCU and Butler was the coup that I don't think anybody really expected to happen. Uh, but when they pull it off, I mean, it makes perfect sense for the Atlantic 10, and they're a great fit for the conference. I think they're doing the best they possibly could. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with you. And, you know, we'll, we'll see this year. We'll talk a little bit more about this. But um, keeping Charlotte and Temple for this year and just adding them on without losing anything just makes this conference even deeper than what it's already been. And, you know, it just makes it a really scary, quote-unquote, mid-major conference coming up in 2012 my question for you is do you think that the a10 after losing temple and Charlotte, do you still think they come out a winner in this yeah definitely for the short term they're like i said they're probably the premier non-bcs basketball conference um names like butler bcu xavier uh st joe's even st louis these days i mean it's it's a great conference, and they're going to be able to maintain that for a long time. Uh, without football, there is that concern, though, that they'll get left in the dust eventually with the media. Because uh, basketball, while the revenues are good to the NCAA tournament, nothing compared to what football brings in. Exactly. So they're, they're doing a good job. They're going to be a good niche conference. You know, 10 years down the road, who knows what it'll look like, whether it'll still be a winner or a loser. Right. And you mentioned a couple schools right off the bat that, you know, I think it's safe to say the St. Joe's, Xavier's, um, the St. Louis's, you know, all these teams are definitely contenders for the A-10 this year. And, you know, you, you named quite a few, and it just goes to show how deep this conference could really be along with VCU and Butler. So I'm curious, Jason, how talented you believe this year's A-10 can be? Uh, it's going to be a mess at the top. Uh, definitely going to see, you know, guys like St. Joe's, Xavier, BCU probably compete right away. St. Louis is time for maybe even a top 10 ranking uh, this year at some point. So those four teams you're looking at NCAA probably sort of 
uh, a lot, but there's a good chance because the conference will be so strong that we'll finish above a BCS conference or two and probably even maybe get five teams in. Uh, after those top five, though, you're looking at kind of a mess, though. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to losing a lot of games, but in terms of watching <laughs> basketball, it's probably going to be the best year in Atlantic 10 history for a decade. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Now, I want to talk specifically about your squad, Charlotte. You know, as everybody knows by now, I would hope uh, you're moving to Conference USA, um, along with Temple is leaving. We're going to the Big East, uh, and we're being replaced by those two schools, VCU and Butler. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't even remember hearing about Charlotte going back to Conference USA initially when. Uh, when we first heard about this, was this already in the works, or was this just a result of the uh, Conference USA losing teams? Um, it, it's a bit of both. Um, right from the bat, you're looking at our school starting football. They immediately said FBS, and it was obvious. It was uh, everywhere. The FCS conferences weren't comfortable taking us to football-only members because they knew the first chance we got, we were jumping up. Whether that shot would become available for us remained to be seen. But luckily for us, uh, some more BCS conferences decided to expand, including Big East, who decided to raise Conference USA once again, leaving a few spots. So with our media market, Conference USA was the perfect fit. So once Conference USA lost those teams, I think that's when the ball really got rolling for Charlotte to get an invite. Um, you know, it's only two more years before we can play FBS football, so it wasn't a big risk for them. Um, we've, we've been there before, so it was a familiar place for us, stuff down in basketball, but we're hooking our wagon to football and hoping for the best. Right. You know, this is this will definitely be an exciting time for Charlotte 49ers fans. I don't know anyone really, a sports fan, that, that would be opposed to a school bringing on football and hopefully moving to an FBS level at some point. Uh, when I was doing research, actually, about the move, I saw that it's pretty recent that um, they released the design for the helmets and all, and the stadium is in the process of being built. And obviously recruiting has been underway uh, for a little while. So that's that's pretty exciting. And as you, you hinted at before, in two years, you know, you'll start at 13, you'll, you'll be eligible for FBS in 2015. Um, but I'm just curious to get your take on how the addition of f- football to your school really changes the face of Charlotte Athletics. It definitely raises the profile altogether. Um, football, as I mentioned before, is the driving force for everything we utilize and attention from the general public. You know, in the South, especially North Carolina and below, and even in Virginia, Football is just king. I mean, Saturdays in the fall, without football on campus, it was just dead, you know. Um, those of us who cared about sports, we'd go to soccer games and we'd go to volleyball games and just bide our time until basketball season rolled around. But now with football, those kids, you know, in school now, they have something to do on Saturday. Um, we've already seen enrollment go up, grades, and all those sort of factors that uh, makes a good student. So, not just on the foot, not just on the athletic side, but the university side as a whole, things are just going up because of the impact of football. And then in terms of athletics, uh, it just changes the whole aspect. You know, football often becomes the most important sport on campus. Uh, Judy Rose, our athletic director, will tell you it's not, but it is. 
Uh, everybody wants to know the football coach. Everybody wants to meet the football coach. Everybody wants to follow football recruiting. Um, you're going to see more people joining message boards. But our blog gets tons of hits every time we mention something about football. It's just so much attention is spent on the sport. And so it raises the profile as a whole. We're going to have more merchandise in the stores. We're going to have more people showing up to campus. Um, it, the money will come in. I mean, it's just it's changing everything. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree. I, I see it firsthand with um, my school's football program. You just the relevance of not only your football program but the school itself. You mentioned almost every single aspect of the school really gets a boost. You know, just from the exposure and you know, hopefully your your program has enough success that it becomes relevant to honestly the ESPNs and all. But uh, yeah, it's de- it's definitely a, a positive. You do things the right way, and you know it, it doesn't hurt because you'll you'll definitely grow, and and the winning just makes it that much more sweeter. But I, I want to yeah. switch. When you look at you look at a school, um, a good school we like to bring up is South Florida uh, Conference. We were in Conference USA together in the '90s, and South Florida started football. You know they they saw the writing on the wall that football was going to be the driver in a few years or in a decade or so, and then. 2004 rolls around, and they're leaving Conference USA. They're going to the Big East, Louisville, Cincinnati, all because they had a football team, not because they had a good football team or anything like that, but they were in a major market, and they had a football team. And who knows if Charlotte had taken the league, the league before and had football at the time, who knows where we'd be today. Right, exactly. Very, very true. And uh, I know, uh, I'm not sure if you've heard about it, but there's an upcoming basketball league called The Ball, the Basketball Alumni Legends League. Uh, we just did a podcast on, but Charlotte is one of the areas, the major markets that they're considering. So, you know, it's safe to say that Charlotte, you know, has a very good potential to really blow up, you know, and become one of, you know, the premier college football teams around there. So, you know, and that'll only do... Well, there aren't many good teams in the state already. So. Exactly. And DCU and Chapel Hill about to spend four or five years in, you know, in the doldrums of football world with their sanctions, and those aren't over, and Duke has always <laughs> been miserable. So there really isn't too much competition in FPS over here. Exactly. So, you know, it'll, it'll do wonders definitely for your football team as well as your basketball team. I want to switch back to basketball, talk a little bit more... Um, about the A-10 and then also about your your squad this year. But uh, I'm curious, it's unique, you know, I'm, I'm curious, in your opinion as a fan, uh, what's the number one thing you're going to miss about playing in the Atlantic 10? <laughs> is, is it okay if I say nothing? <laughs> sure. Um, we, have, we have just been awful since we joined the Atlantic 10. <laughs> Other sports have done fine, but basketball, men's basketball has just been absolutely terrible um we finished in second the first year but that was a um was it 0506 that was just a bad year for basketball in the Atlantic 10 I mean a mediocre George Washington squad won every game that year in conference and still ended up with I think a nine or a seven seed in the tournament so I'm going to miss like, the really good basketball but we just don't fit it, it just never worked we've never been able to adjust to the style of play uh, we've never really been competitive so it's not hard for me to say I'm, I'm glad to leave mm-hmm. but I am going to miss seeing Xavier come to town and Temple come to town um, in the short road trip up to Richmond but you know we get ECU just down the road and Old Dominion so we've got some closer road trips as well right. I will miss 
watching good basketball teams because Conference USA just does not have good basketball right now. Right. Well, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you guys can uh, change that up when you when you head over there for their It'd be sake. Nice to win some games, you know. Yeah. Have a winning record. Right. Yeah. Well, well I'm, I'll be pulling for you, obviously. You know, I I don't have any problems with Charlotte. I'm sure Temple fans don't. You know, because we're in the same boat. We're leaving, so maybe the many A10 teams, you know, they they they're not appreciative, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. But uh, this yeah. being this being your last year, you know, why don't you why don't you talk to us about this year's squad? You know, you, you bring back your top three contributors. So uh, Chris Braswell has a broken foot. I, I saw an article on that, and uh, but it also looks like your recruiting class was decent. I think you guys brought in. Like five guys, was it? Yeah, it's hard to keep track, to be honest. Yeah. All in their faces. Yeah, well, you know, I was doing a little reading up on those guys, and you've got at least a pair I've read about that, that looks very, very good. Um, so, uh-huh. you know, they can only do, they can only support what you're building on already. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about the 2012 49ers? You know, it, it's got a lot of talent, uh, a lot of young talent, and it's, it's not always the best idea to rely on young talent because you never know what you're going to get. Um, Chris Braswell, of course, you know you heard he had a broken foot, but he should be fine by the season uh, starts. He's going to miss the Bahamas uh, preseason games, but I'm not too worried about that. I think it's a good thing actually because it's going to get, get some touches for our youth. Uh, in the paint, you know that's where we're going to need a lot of help. Mike Thorne is a redshirt freshman this year, and we're expecting him to play really well. Most 6'10 guys coming into college aren't ready to play right away, and that's why he got a red shirt. And even then, it takes him two or three years really to blossom, so I can't expect too much from him. Uh, we are bringing in a freshman who is uh, supposed to be really talented to play at paint. His name is uh, Willie Clayton. Mm-hmm. He played on the USA team, the youth team, and he, did, he was playing with some really you know, high-top recruits and was playing major minutes and playing a major role in the team. So we expect him to come in and be a good number two guy in the paint with Chris Braswell. And then Sean Lester is also a big part, big part of what we're bringing in. Hopefully he's going to bring in some offense on that two-guard spot. A lot of the recruits they brought in, Benkovic and um, Benzel Ingram, both shooters, guys who can shoot, guys who can score. And if you watched us last year, that's one thing we couldn't do other than Chris Braswell. And as for returning players, uh, Perry and Henry and Mayfield are going to be big time for us. If they can get going, they can. If Perry and Henry, who's our point guard, who made the freshman team for the A10, if he can figure out how to hit the ball in the basket with consistency and uh, distribute the ball well as a point guard, he's going to be, you know, a big key to success for us. And then Mayfield, Demario Mayfield, he was hitting his outside shot pretty consistently at the end of the year. And if we can get that outside shot, that three-pointer, and that, you know, jump shot, mid-range jumpers, then that opens it up for Chris Braswell, and he's really going to be driving the team this year. Right. So, my next question, you know, it's early, but where do you think Charlotte could end up, you know, within this conference? Where do you see them, you know, ultimately, if you give me an early prediction, where do you see them fitting in conference play this year? Uh, somewhere between ACU and Duquesne. Uh, <laughs> that's a, it's going to be a mess like I said at the top I don't think Charlotte's going to be there I would love for them to be there but it's just unrealistic so to expect that isn't going to happen so there's going to be a good middle bunch a bunch of mediocre teams finishing around 500 Charlotte will be around that point 
Uh, so somewhere between six and ten, maybe even twelve. But I would prefer to be somewhere between six and ten. Mm. I don't think it, if we finish in twelfth place, I don't think Alan Major's coming back next year. <laughs> right. So somewhere in that range. I'd love to be around six, seven, maybe five, six, seven, and mm-hmm. get to be in the NIT, get something to build on as we head over Conference USA. But that's expecting a lot from so much youth. Right. You know, sometimes. It's it's all about the way the ball bounces in the A-10. We've seen, you know, teams we think would finish without a loss, you know, get taken to the finish, you know, get upset. You, know, you never know with, with the A-10 who will finish on top. And the other the other cool thing is that, you know, it's never safe to say that um, there's a definitive, just like last year, there's a definitive A-10 champ because, honestly, who would have thought that St. Bonaventure would have come out, you know, until we reached March, who would have thought that, you know, they could have been the champ of the A-10? And then, you know, that just adds to an already deep one through four, one through five that the conference has. So, you know, you just, you never know in the A-10. Yeah, I mean, you look at Andrew Nichols and what he did for St. Bonaventure. He made them an instant contender. Um, when he came to campus and he was playing against us, I was just in awe of him. I knew he was beating us and... I'm so used to losing that it doesn't matter to me because I was watching Andrew Nicholson perform and he was just an incredible post player. He knew exactly what to do. Every time he got the ball, he knew what he was doing and he had a creative way of doing it. Uh, so if Chris Brazel can be that type of player for us, who knows? You know, the sky's the limit. If you have a player who can play to that potential, but whether Chris makes that step or not, you know, that's entirely up to him. Right. You know, and... Uh... Usually, you know, we mentioned Andrew Nicholson and, you know, Chris Braswell. I would say that, you know, there's guys from every A-10 team that you know because they're the best player. But for, for me and Charlotte, it's, it's weird. Um, I would say that, you know, a lot of these guys that I remember on Charlotte are because of their names. I mean, I, if I'm not wrong, you guys had a guy by the name of, uh, was it Anwan Wilderness? And Long Wilderness, yeah, he just graduated last year. Yeah, so, you know, just the names, you know, it's something with me. I, they just stick with me. And I, uh, sometimes I like to just keep tabs on different players that have these interesting names. And um, the top guy on my list also happens to be from Charlotte, a guy by the name of Lee Meyer Goldwire. Lee Meyer Goldwire. Do you yeah, have any? Gold. you have any idea what he's been up to? Yeah, we caught up with Lee last year. Lee is actually my favorite player. I, he started as a freshman when I did. So to watch him grow up as I was going through school, so I got to see him as the guy that just people and made a few minutes to hit an outside shot too, the leader on the team. You know, he, you want to talk about a player who took the weight of the team and put it on his shoulders and carried it. I mean, I, I watched him beat teams by himself, and he's only what, five, five eleven. I mean, he was short, but he could just, Paired up, and when he got going, he was just a great player to watch. Uh, so we caught up with Lee last year. He's in Italy, last time we checked. Okay. And um, he's playing for a team called Forza, and he's like kind of a little celebrity in that league. Hmm. He's hit some big shots, and right, when, right after we interviewed him, he had actually hit a buzzer beater. Oh, wow. He's pretty proud of that. Um, and he's also got a, da- not a daughter, a son named Trey, hmm. which is fitting because Lemar's known for hitting a bunch of three pointers, so yeah. of course he would name yeah. the sun track. Yeah. Um, but he's doing well, making good money over in Europe, and you can keep up with him on the European Stats League. Yeah, that's that's very good to hear. I know, uh, you know, like I said, he he sticks in my head because of the name, but it's very good to see that um, 
you know, that he's doing well and he's representing your school as, you know, one of the top basketball players that you've seen come through there. But um, that's, like I said, very good to hear. And, you know, I was joking about the the whole name thing, but that, that's very cool. Um, but it's you- a Charlotte thing to have somebody with a good name. I'm not <laughs> sure if we have one this year. It's kind of a letdown. Perrier Henry is probably the closest, <laughs> but um, nobody on the level of, like, Amalong Wilderness or Lee Miley Goldwire. Right. Well, Jason, you know, that, that's pretty much all the questions I have for you today. I appreciate you coming on and taking the time to talk to us about the various topics we did today. Um, could you let the listeners know where they can connect with Green Tinted Glasses? Uh, you can either go to the website, greentintedglasses.net, and there's a contact page there. Or you can just find us on Twitter at, at GTG Blog. That's at GTG Blog. Um, and we're also on Facebook. You can just search for greentintedglasses.net. Um, we're all very friendly guys, and we love to chat basketball anytime. Yeah, and I know firsthand that you guys are great. Um, you do a terrific job with your site. And hopefully throughout this season we'll have an opportunity to have you come on and talk with us again and uh, catch up on where the 49ers are this year. We get Temple twice this year, right? I, I believe so, yeah. We got, we got matched together, so you coming down for the game? Uh, you know, I, I could see if I can make the trial. I would love to. Um, yeah, just let us know. We'll take care of you. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, looking, definitely looking forward to that. I, I didn't remember that, but now you you mention it. That's, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm glad we get to uh, go out on that note. Yeah, hopefully we remain friends as, as <laughs> because you know Temple with their football program getting back together would be great to have a type of ally to help us get up in the FBS ranks and have a non-conference opponent uh, we can rely on. Very true. Once again, Jason, thanks. Jason Feltis, greentintedglasses.net. Thank you for coming by to chat with us on North Broad. Thanks to everybody who's tuned in. Once again, uh, we'll have this up for anybody to check out. Check out greentintedglasses.net. Probably the number one Charlotte 49ers site that I know of or anybody knows of. So, once again, we're very thankful to have you on. Thanks for everyone that tuned in. Thanks again for tuning in to another podcast here on North Broad Street. We'll have another podcast out next week. To check out our previous podcast or more information regarding Temple basketball, be sure to check out www.northbroadstreet.com. You can follow us on Twitter at North Broad and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash North Broad Street. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next week.